You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We are about to break the surly bonds of gravity and punch the face of God. I wish I was a little Left taller, Jab Productions present Edge of Sports bit, Radio, I where sports and back. politics collide. And now your host, Dave Zarn. The Schmada Kid. Boom! Edge of Sports Radio, where sports and politics collide. I'm Dave Zarn, joined as always by someone who agrees with Paul Pierce that the Washington Wizards will never have to go through customs again. Never have to go through customs again. Dan Baker. Dan Baker, also the only Bostonian to not be on Boston's 2024 Olympic Advisory Committee. Congratulations, Dan, on missing that cut. Thank you very much. I mean, you could have got to know Matt Damon, man. Oh, God, is Matt Damon on the advisory? I don't know. I'm just guessing. Oh, my God. every Bostonian. Yeah, that's true. No, no. It's definitely Bird and Ortiz mm. and assorted luminaries who I guess are there to put a celebrity shine on the looting of the city of Boston. Yeah. Hooray! Look, Bostonians, listen to me. I know people in Atlanta. They talk about Atlanta like it's pre-1996 and post-1996, like the equivalent of a bomb dropped on their town. Maybe that's not the best metaphor given what happened at the 96 Olympics. But you get my point. There's a pre and post 96. Joined always by the coach, Kevin Nutt. How you doing, coach? So wait a minute. Did you say that uh, the Wizards are going to sweep? That's what you're implying, not going back to customs, not going through customs. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm oh, implying. Wow. I mean, I'm not implying it. I'm agreeing with Paul Pierce. Paul Pierce, he and Boris Diaw, the two least muscular players in the <laughs> National Basketball Association. Love those guys. It's, it's, it's hidden. It's, it's, it's hidden. Sinewy, yeah. No, no, it's veal and cheese, those two guys. <laughs> that's that's the nickname for Paul Pierce is veal, Boris Diaw is cheese. It's a fine, pungent, expensive cheese, but cheese nonetheless. Mmm, mm, delicious cheese. But, you know, it's going to be a hell of a show. We're going to talk later in the show to Robert Silverman. He's a writer for The Daily Beast about an article that he wrote about the National Basketball Association that I'm really, I want to talk about DNA testing and the future of the NBA which I want to talk to him about. We're also going to talk to our friend Sharina Ahmed, who just returned from a conference on the future of women's soccer. 
which with the World Cup coming up, I find very interesting. But before that, we're going to have an elongated segment where we're going to, what do you call it? I mean, you, you have some corny name for it. There's oh, just a Zyron lot of, Zingers. Zyron oh, Zingers. Oh, baby. It's a trend. <laughs> it, it, you know what? That, that name is so corny. It sounds like something the Osmond <laughs> brothers would do. Hey, uh, Donnie and Marie with Zyron Zingers. That's but a lot of topics. It's all you, coach. I know you're an Osmond fan at heart. We'll be back after this. Edge of Sports Radio with Dave Zirin. We'll return after this. Dave Zirin returns on Edge of Sports Radio, where sports and politics collide. Boom, we're back here on Edge of Sports Radio. Joined by the coach. Kevin, how are you doing, coach? Mama. Me, Mark Barry, doing me, Mark? Good. Our next guest is a what we call a F-O-T-S. A FOTS. A FOTS means a friend of the show. Probably just use the initials. F-O-T-S? Yeah. yeah. F-O-P, friend of the program. Friend of the well, program. We F-O-P is Fraternal Order of Police. And I don't play that, Coach. <laughs> this is the Zyron Show. We change things. I don't F-O-P, play that. friend of the program. Keep your F-O-P out of this <laughs> studio. So happy to have her on the show. Uh, runs the terrific uh, footy bedsheets blog. And she'll give the exact URL for that terrific writing um, about not just women's soccer, but a whole host of issues. But with that primary focus on women's soccer from the great north, Shireen Ahmed. Shireen, how are you doing? Hey, guys. Hey, good buddy. Hey. <laughs> good to hear how from you. How are you? I was, I was listening to Dave. I'm like, what's he going to spell? I know. <laughs> I know. I'm, spelling is not my strong point. No, I'm just, just a writer. I'm just trying. Please. That's why they have spell check. I'm trying to figure out, like, all right. She's friend of the show. It was it was just hard. I don't want to relive it. Um, but Shireen, just before we start, just so it's said super properly, um, your blog. How can people find your writing? Because it's so terrific. I have a blog at um, footybedsheets.tumblr.com, and um, I'm gonna I'm going to pitch myself. I also freelance write, and that's about it. So, and I'm on Twitter. And that's about it. So, and and I know you're trying to develop a proper website. Is that correct? I am. It's it's uh, it's a con- it's been under construction forever. Just a matter of me fiddling with it and getting my kids' constant critiques about it. Oh, and that's. I mean, I don't see anything with having all pictures of Zidane all over my website. But apparently. Mm. You know, whatever. It's okay. Uh, Now, I really want to talk to you about an article on your Tumblr about this uh, conference that you went to about the future of women's soccer at Duke University. It sounds fascinating. I really want your inside view of it. But first, before we start, I have to ask, just because I'm calling from D.C., can you give (laughs) us the mood of Raptors Nation? It is so sad here. People are. I mean, Toronto is forever hopeful. We survived Rob Ford. We'll survive lots of other things. (laughs) But um, it's sad. I mean, Torontonians are amazing sports fans. I didn't grow up in Toronto, so I don't have the same loyalties. Like I've been uh, crushing on Tim Duncan for decades. Mm. So I mean, I watch this, and I do want. I would love my home team to win. The Leafs never win anything, so obviously we have to look to basketball. And baseball. So, um, you know, I, I sort of, it's sad. Hopefully, hopefully you never know. DC, I don't know. The Wizards, they might have a bad game, I guess. I don't know. But, uh, you know, Paul Pierce, my husband's a huge Paul Pierce fan. And, Uh-oh. you know, he's, he's, he's one for the old people. I mean, he gives us yep. hope. Like, you, you don't smack talk the truth. You just yep. don't. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You, uh, so. you you ignore. You brush the lint off your shoulder, but you don't try to deliver it back. 
No, you don't. And he just he just swishes and then everyone's silent. I mean, when Drake gifts come out of him being so sad all the time, like it's hard for yes. people here. <laughs> you know, when when, uh, when you get to leave the court and sing a song, your own song that about how we'll never go through customs again. I mean, <laughs> that was just like that's the moment of the playoffs for me. I mean, he's. I, I mean, um, respect him. He deserve. You know, he deserves his props. I mean, he's been around. He's. he's yeah, you yes. know, whatever. But I mean, I would. Ideally, I would love to see Toronto go ahead because we don't get that type of playoff excitement very often around here. No, that is true. Swag is so important in basketball, <laughs> um, as it is in soccer. And I want to ask you about. There's my segue. The future <laughs> of women's soccer. Just lay out first the big schematics of it. How many people were there? Who was there? What were the issues that were on the table? Well, first of all, it was uh, it was uh, held at Duke University. It was um, it was organized by Laurent Dubois, um, who's uh, soccer politics on Twitter, and Joshua Nadal, who's uh, Jane Nadal, um, and on Twitter as well. And uh, what ended up happening is they invited, they reached out to a bunch of um, academics, players. Uh, writers, bloggers, sports people, women working in the media. And what ended up happening was the day that I attended, April 10th, which was the actual conference date, the entire panel was all women, including the moderators. And they had said it wasn't done purposely, but they just sort of pieced everything together, and it was pretty awesome. And we all know too well that sometimes you have male guests come, and sometimes they tend to speak over female presenters, Mm -hmm. and, and that's just the reality. Um, particularly in panel discussions, and which was other than Jean's uh, presentation in the morning, Jean Williams, who is the foremost um, a scholar of football in the world, women's football, and she studies the history, the artifacts, like she's incredible. So other than her presentation, which we had in the morning, the rest of the day were panel discussions. And how many people there? Um, I mean, in the room itself, there probably wasn't more than 20 at a time, but Duke is really well set up, and we were live streaming. So with the amount of questions, I, re- I, I, I don't know, I haven't, I haven't chatted with uh, Laurent about it since, but they were going to check the analytics, and he was going to put it online as well. So we had lots of Twitter questions coming in. There was questions from the audience. So um, it wasn't one of those like huge, like colossal conferences, but I think the importance and the people we reached out to, like were there, were uh, sort of paying attention. Grant Wall was invited but couldn't attend on that specific day, so he had attended sort of a pre-conference session a couple of days before. Mm. So that was sort of linked to our day, but not the day sort of thing. Now, I'm not a big fan of this metaphor, but I I can't really find anything else to use. Based on what you heard, based on what people were arguing, if women's soccer was a stock, where is it going right now? A stock? Um, I mean, I think the thing is, is that, oh, I'm so bad at business. I like. I how about, no, is, is it, how about this? Do, do you feel like it's on the rise? Is it falling? <laughs> what, 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 what are, are people optimistic about the future? What, what, what was the general mood? Well, you get a bunch of room of so- like soccer lovers that are women together and the world women's World Cup. You're obviously you're going to have a lot of optimism. I think the thing is is that we actually talked about this in the discussion. We are really optimistic. I mean, the thing is, it's not like soccer women's soccer is new to the world at all. It's, Jean talked about, I mean, there's been games, the first known game that's been reported was in 1869 in England, like organized 
football match, proper match. So, like, it's not like it's a new thing. Women around the world have been playing soccer for eons. And I think it's just in terms of when we think about it, we think of the marketing of it and we think about the approach, the media approach to it. I mean, this year, with I never thought I would say this, but respect to Fox, because the way Fox soccer is, is going at it with mm-hmm. um, in terms of their coverage, there'll be two camera angles, they'll be uh, airing all the games. Uh, CTV is hosting... Um, uh, like in Canada, CTV is airing all the games live. And this is a really big deal because that has not been done before. Mm. Um, we saw a little bit of it at the Olympics, but that's just because it's the Olympics, the coverage. But I remember the 2011 Women's World Cup, not all the games were, particularly in round robin, were, were available. And websites are making them available. And I think that's really important. So there's different facets of the game. I mean, you've got some incredible issues, like huge issues, like gender inequality in terms of funding, Mm -hmm. which is still not resolved. And this is a year where, like, the women's, uh, you know, team in Canada is far superior in terms of positioning the world ranking than the men. The U.S., I mean, you guys are, like, you know, one of the top-seeded teams, the women's teams. But still, there's, there's no actual football association in the world that funds both teams equally, even if the women are outperforming the men. Mm. So so we talk about being optimistic, and I think that it's true. The other thing is there's issues that I always approach in terms of, you know, there's uh, there's race issues, r- r- issues of race privilege and class privilege, even within professional sports. And um, I think we talked about this between panels, that sometimes uh, people look at us as women, women uh you know, sort of bloggers, writers, academics, and say, oh, you're being so optimistic. But I think constantly saying, oh, this is going great, this is going great, is problematic because it does it masks the, the actual issues that are happening. So mm-hmm. as much as we want to say this is awesome, it's an incredible year for women's soccer. Like U.S., Canada, around the world, Germany is huge. My money after Canada is on Germany, to Japan, be honest. You're not, you're not feeling Japan? I love Japan. I mean, Hamara Sawa is one of my, like one of my all-time favorite players, um, and is as is, was is Mia Hamm, Carla Overbeck. Carla Overbeck runs a defensive women's program at Duke, and I met her last week. So it's like it's you're. Com- I would completely, you know, was my knees were buckling because she was she was just standing there being completely an awesome, humble person, and I said something like, "Oh my God!" I actually think I teared up when I first met her because yeah. I was like. I grew up watching her play in an era where there were not a lot of prolific athletes featured. She commanded that respect, and, you know, it was huge for me to meet her. Um, so, yeah, so, so not you know, getting back to Japan, love them. I think they're strong. I think they're really strong. Um, I think France is another one. I, I, I do think that Germany very recently as of their latest um uh, one of their latest matches like they're just that german football machine is really incredible from the men's side and the women's side mm. so they're the ones to watch out for i think other than canada other than canada other than canada uh and then i just because i know this is an area of interest for you is there any team from the middle east the arab world that you see as being able to be competitive in this world cup well, this actually World Cup, I, I don't think that there's any um, actually who have qualified. Like, I'm really interested in some of the um, Afro-Caribbean teams. Um, I think that Nigeria will be amazing as well. I'm really looking forward to the Eagles and seeing what they bring. Um, this time, the qualification for 
this particular World Cup was already up and going before the hijab ban was lifted, so some of the teams mm-hmm. couldn't. I think with some training, I think that Jordan, who has in, the women's team, has incredible support from their football association. In fact, the president of their football association is running for head of FIFA as well, um, Prince Hussein, um, and he gives a lot of support to the women. So I think maybe not this particular round, but in a couple of years, if you've got solid developmental developmental Jordan is the program, team to look out for. Yeah, I do. I, I, I hope so. And some of the teams from the South Asian, um, sorry, from the uh, yeah, South Asian Federation and the Asian Federation. I mean, Australia is in there. I would love to see um, India get up there. I mean, they're, they're really incredible and there's a lot of potential, but we'll wow. see. Well, yeah. hopefully we can get you writing some pieces for the nation on the Women's World Cup. You would love that. I would love that. Maybe we could have a little off-air uh, discussion about that, little email discussion later today. That would yeah. be amazing. And thank you so much for joining us, Cherie. Thanks, because I hope you guys are coming up to see some of the games. You know what? We should have a serious discussion about that. <laughs> I'm going to look up the dates. Yes, you got Coach, it. I know you love women's soccer. I know. <laughs> I love all women's sports. I have a daughter that played, so you know I do. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Coach, all right, guys. Coach is real on this. He, he, I know. He would love it. Um, Mark, on the other hand, is well, only a fan of men giving each other concussions while wearing helmets. <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong. <laughs> all right. All right. No, great to talk to you, Shereen. Visit Me us again too. soon. We all miss you. I will. Thanks so much, guys. Okay. Take care. Take care, baby. Bye. Uh, we got to go to break right now. Uh, you're on Edge of Sports. We'll be back after this. Edge of Sports Radio with Dave Zirin. We'll return after this. You're listening to Edge of Sports Radio with Dave Zirin. Boom, we're back here on Edge of Sports Radio. Told by the coach, Kevin McNutt. How you doing, coach? My man. And me, Mark Barry. How you doing, me, Mark? So good. Uh, <laughs> that's our next guest, man. I've wanted to have him on for a while. He's a terrific columnist. He's a basketball head. Uh, he gets the political intersection of sports. He's a contributor for the Daily Beast. He writes for Vice Sports and The Guardian. His name is Robert Silverman. Rob, how you doing, sir? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, Dave. No, happy to have you on. Uh, first and foremost, you wrote this article, The NBA's Dystopian DNA Testing Future. And it's about the agreement on testing players' blood with the union for the presence of human growth hormones. So talk to us a little bit. What are the implications for the NBA Players Association agreeing to this? Well, it's really interesting because for all of the really you know exciting, tough, pro-labor talk that we've heard from Michelle Roberts, this, she kind of just slipped in right before the playoffs started. And now, granted, she didn't have a lot of choice. This is something that her previous, her predecessor, uh, Billy Hunter, and the Players Association agreed to back in 2011 during the lockout, is that they agreed to a format for testing for human growth hormone. And so what's left was figuring out the details, which is the number of games players would be suspended, the number of tests, and so on. The reason that it's a little strange is because she has talked about the way in which teams are already testing players for blood, testing players' blood, not for use of performance-enhancing substances, but as a way of tracking their health and tracking their performance and tracking where they go at night and tracking their sleep habits and tracking their eating habits and tracking pretty much everything they do. It's like, you know that old game, you know, one of these is not like the other? Yeah. You're talking about all of these physical things, and then right in the middle of it you said tracking where they go at night. 
<laughs> like triple take. Wait, what? It's like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. sleeping, there's, eating. There's, there's, Wait, where they go at night? <laughs> yes. They have these, something called a skin adhesive torso-mounted sensor that the, the front offices are calling the patch, which knows what? when he pulls on the covers, when he lies down, and when his pulse races. And you can pretty much get taking all of, collecting all of this metadata on the player's physiology. You'd be able to know if he went out drinking. You probably wouldn't be able to know exactly where he went. Mm-hmm. We're not at that point yet, but you could definitely say if a player went out and had a good time. And, and can I just say, like, the, the union will have something to say about this patch, but because that hasn't been they, decided yet, right? Yeah, they will. Uh, it, it's, you know, she said, you know, again, in this interview with Pablo Torre that she did in the beginning of the year, is that it's a slippery slope and that there, there are notions of privacy that you shouldn't be waiving just because you play in the NBA. Say you're a player at the, say, Aaron Aflalo level, and you're saying that you don't want to use the patch, you know, you could find yourself on the bench, off the team, and yeah, you could file a union grievance and say you were targeted because you stood up for yourself, but those things are not only very difficult to prove, it's really hard to pour the wine back in that bottle. Teams are saying, well, no, this is just for our medical personnel and the player, and it never crosses that Chinese wall over to the front office for, say, negotiations or something like that. Sure. But considering what we know about the way sports teams function, I'm not inclined to take them at their word for that. Well, let's go back to the human growth hormone issue, because one of the reasons why uh, Billy Hunter agreed to it at that time was there was a belief that there could be a crisis in the NBA, and they wanted to get out ahead of it. They didn't well, want they, they, to be they, hit you know, by Silver surprise. Has said repeatedly that he just doesn't think players do it. And this is a point where I start rolling my eyes as all the way back into my sockets at, at Adam Silver. He says that the culture of the NBA does not promote this kind of thing. And I'm and and I just wanted to say to him, well, it might not be human growth hormone, but I'm I would be shocked if player if and the NBA is the one sport in which performance-enhancing drugs have not shown themselves to be a considerable benefit. It's certainly possible, and I'm completely speculating at this point, that everyone was willing to say, yeah, we'll test for human growth hormone, because the players have moved on to something else entirely, and that, also, <laughs> that I, this test does not cover at all. Yeah, yeah, and, and also, you know, in baseball, as fans, we've been so unforgiving about the eye test. Oh, that player looks bigger. That player's shoulders are bigger. They must be juicing. You know, whether they have or not, it's like we have allowed our eyes to replace blood testing and science. I mean, you look at the NBA and you look at a game 20 years ago. Uh, 20 years ago, if your name's not Charles Oakley or 25 years ago, if your name's not Charles Oakley or Michael Cage, you have no muscles. You right. fast forward no, to today, Louis, it's more Louis like Orr was Paul a Pierce. Forward for the Knicks, and, yeah, and, and he Louis Orr like was a forward. <laughs> I mean, no, I mean they look different. I mean, Dwight Howard looks like a monster out there. I mean, he can play like a monster too. But you know, we have that. I mean, there's speculation if you, you go to some of the seedier corners of the internet about uh, LeBron James's fluctuating hairline in mm. some way being uh, indicative of of the use of performance-enhancing substances of some form, that that rapid hair loss and patchy hair loss is in some way is, is a sign of that someone taking something. Um, you know, certain, you know, high play sports writers have said that that two-week sabbatical was actually LeBron dosing up 
on every substance he can get his hands on to, to get back to peak LeBron form for this run. Um, again, that's gossip and speculation, but yes, we have allowed this eye test. But the thing about all these performance-enhancing substances and what we've learned from cycling and, and the relevation and the, you know, of what we've learned about Lance Armstrong is that it's not necessarily about bulk. It's about rest and repair and being able to recover to train more than it is necessarily becoming, you know, the next Jose Canseco. Right, and it's it's also it's like I as you said, all that LeBron stuff is all rumor. Um, you know, I don't think anyone would say he's not the most you know just amazing athlete right. that we've seen, and that's that exists. But it it to me, it it's an odd thing to say. Athletes are the most competitive. Pro athletes are some of the most competitive people on earth. Pro athletes, as a, as for lack of a better term, a species believe that getting that edge is the most most incredibly valuable thing in the world. And we've seen that play out in every single sport from cycling to football to baseball. And yet somehow the NBA exists in this hermetically sealed sphere away from the impulses that so clearly govern world-class athletes across the world. It's a weird syllogism. I mean, you know, you've, there's been whispers for a long time about the Phoenix Suns and their remarkable medical team and how they were able to keep guys healthy and then suddenly once they leave Phoenix, they fall off or, or get injured. Uh, you know, whether it's, you know, Amari Stoudemire or Grant Hill being resuscitated or Steve Nash being kept healthy for so long. And the rumors go along with them that the Phoenix Suns are engaging in some kind of, you know, medical super chicanery or medical super science or doing something that might be banned. We've heard all of them. And the thing that I think is, is the important thing here is, is that Roberts, though, unwittingly, by, by going ahead with this, and again, she didn't have much choice, is that Roberts made testing for blood something that's acceptable, even on this limited scale. So if the NBA decides they want to take further testing action because they do decide to stick their head out of the sand and say, yes, we probably do have the issue of athletes using substances of one form or another, the precedent's been set. And there's no going back on that. Oh, Bob, let, let me ask you a question. And I'll, I'm curious what, what Coach and Mark think as well about this. The, the, the court of public opinion seems to control all when it comes to performance-enhancing drugs. Um, and it seems that the court of public opinion has decided uh, in a pre- pretty hardcore that in baseball, we care about these records and we want to see the game clean. In football... These guys are warriors. We don't care if Ray Lewis has does antler or whatever or what he, <laughs> secret procedures because we want just our football players on the field. Basketball. This is a sport that people love seeing played at the highest level. If there are advances in medical technology that allow players to play at a higher level, do you think there would be a fan backlash if it's found that some of what is used is under the rubric of performance-enhancing drugs uh, that I, are illegal? I think, there, I think you know, it's, it's interesting to frame it in the context of baseball and football. And, and, and I throw cycling in the Olympics in there also, that there's this notion of purity and the pure expression of athletic uh, prowess that shouldn't be tainted by this. Basketball, I think, falls in this middle ground. It's not football, where we sort of assume, wrongly so, that these guys are gladiators or 
meat for the grinder and that they're going to get destroyed anyway. So if it involves, you know, loading up on whatever, that's okay. Basketball is sort of halfway between this. And I think, you know, it, it, it is a race thing. It, it, that the idea that, that an African-American athlete would do this is somehow more acceptable than the notion of a white baseball player doing. Um, you and, think so? And I, do. I don't know. Because you think, think about Bonds race. getting, I think about Barry Bonds just found, just yeah. acquitted, getting pushed through the ringer when Mark McGuire got a pass as he turned into Popeye. That's, that's why, true. That's why well, I think it's did. more... And, and then Sammy Sosa got sort of led at it with this sort of notion of, oh, well, he's Dominican, and so they don't yeah. know any better. I think you're right. I mean, that's probably way too broad a speculation. I think there would be a, put, a pushback. I think just because, again, like you said, that there's this notion that basketball is... is, 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 is there's the wrong-headed assumption that basketball is exempt from this. And so that if they found out that wasn't the case, I think people would feel angrily betrayed. Like they'd been lied to. Mm. It would be very interesting because it would immediately raise questions not just about the present but about the past. Oh yeah, you know because you can't. Uh, you I mean, can't I, say, I think it's, you can't it's speculate almost, about LeBron and then say like, "Gee, how did Michael Jordan change his body at the end of his career?" Mm-hmm. And that's where you get into the horrible discussion in baseball, which is always about we're, we're all just playing amateur scientist. Hey, but Bob, right. I'm, I'm so sorry. We got to go. Can we have you back on again in the future? Anytime. We literally just brushed the surface of this. Let's have you on again super soon, man. Thank you so much for coming on Edge of Sports. My pleasure, man. I'd love to do it again. Thanks so much for having me. And thanks for your writing, sincerely. Everybody oh, should read you. this guy. Thank Bob you, Bob Silverman, ladies and gents. I'll put out his Twitter feed later, so everybody should follow him. Uh, we got to go to break. We'll be back right after this. Dave Zirin will continue with Edge of Sports Radio after the break. Dave Zirin returns on Edge of Sports Radio, where sports and politics collide. Boom, we are back here at Edge of Sports Radio, joined by the coach, Kevin Nutt. How you doing, coach? My man. Coach, you're about to hit me with what you call Zyron Zingers, a panoply of topics from the sports and politics Excuse week. Me? <laughs> but guess what? Yes, sir. You think I can't handle this. You think it's too much. You That's think right. it's too confusing. You think it's too overwhelming. That's right. What you did not count on is that I brought a secret weapon Uh-oh. in the house. Uh-oh. Mean Mark Barry. How you doing, me, Mark? Pretty secret weapony right now. He's gonna throw this stuff at us, and maybe I'll have an answer. And my answer, you know, all it's gonna be is a home baked crust, and Mark is gonna fill it with banana cream. So, like Godell, you just make up your rules anytime you want to. See, because I was going to bring Mark on my side to hold you to a ten minute uh, stop clock, pitch count. Guess so, what? Now so, you so just you, you just stole them because you're so you the star of the show. Stopwatch is what you said. Yeah, yeah. Let me keep keep going on two minutes, two minutes, because that gives some time to think over these stumps that I'm going to throw. G Mark, do you want to be the secret weapon <laughs> of the mind? Oh, so here we go. Using your cerebrum to meld mind with Shape mine own the dialogue. Or do you want to be that man's watch? <laughs> See, I feel go. like this is a loaded question. But I'm going to go with the first one. Now. Yeah, I think that's yeah. a little bit more fun. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you ready? Well, first, we need some music. Oh, yes. Got to. Yeah. Oh. DC on target. Let's do this thing. All right. Here we go. Rock Dave, it, baby. I'm going to give you a pass on questions regarding Greg Hardy, Hardy 10-game suspension and the NFL concussion ruling because they just happened. Jeez. And I know you're going to go... At length about those in future shows. I can so, do it right now. Yes, and we're not going to hold off because we I got a lot of zingers on. I can do it now. Okay, I know. <laughs> Be at peace, brother. But in the meantime, and elsewhere in sports and politics, inquiring minds want to know your quick thoughts on some of the latest news. 
Dave, you're on the clock with a max of two minutes. Zinger one. Rondo in Dallas, i.e. Rick Carlisle. What a train wreck, what say you? All right, what a train wreck, what say me? Look, uh, we now know Rajon Rondo is gone from the Dallas Cowboys. He's already being spoken Cowboys? about. I mean, sorry, the oh, Dallas stumper, stumper, baby. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Rondo's already being talked about in the past tense mm-hmm. by Rick Carlisle. He has already said uh, Rajon Rondo will never play. Uh, in a Dallas Mavericks uniform again. It actually is something that gives the Mavericks hope in this series against Houston because Rondo, I mean, his plus-minus in this series was something like minus 37. He's been an absolute train wreck. All season, he has not fit in with this team. Looking back, it's hard to believe how many people were excited about this trade when it's so obvious that Rick Carlisle runs a spacing motion offense and the idea that you would have a ball-dominant point guard who cannot shoot a three-pointer seems really strange. Let's remember, the people why, reason why people loved it at the time, though, was they thought Rondo was going to be the extra thing they needed to actually play defense on the perimeter because mm. their defense was terrible, and Rajon Rondo was thought to be an all-world defender. What we learned this year, though, is that there's Rondo before the knee injury and Rondo after the knee injury. He just can't defend like he used to. He hasn't developed the outside shot, and unless you're one of 30 those— seconds. Unless you're one of those Jurassic teams in the, for the New York Knicks or the L.A. Lakers, I don't even see there being a free agent market for Rondo Whoa. this summer. Oh, uh-huh. he'll, he'll get a contract. He'll, he'll go somewhere. I, I'm, he's, he's been rumored to the Los Angeles Lakers, and I think that that's something that very well could happen, at least in a Jeremy Lin sense, something to kind of bring people there to, to begin with. But I, I think you made a good point that uh, I kind of disagree with. I don't think Dallas has a chance in this series. I think uh, Chandler Parsons is out for the rest of the— That kills it more. Absolutely. He's I think it, it, No, he's done. Anyway, right. time up. Time right. limit. Time up. I'll, next time I'll go a minute so you have more time. <laughs> All right, I'm getting fine. used to this. Zinger 2. Scott Brooks, out as coach of the Not Thunder. Not used to having a partner. <laughs> yeah. I work alone. <laughs> Scott Brooks is out as coach of the Thunder. The ramifications as you see them. Go. Man, yeah, because right now, just everybody, you should know, I feel like Jason Statham in the movie Chaos when he's saddled with Ryan Phillippe and has wow. to get, you're Ryan Phillippe, and wow. he has to get I mean, to, he's pretty. He has to get to know how to Answer work with question. Ryan Phillippe. So I'm sorry about All that. Right. I'll right. use some of his lines on you, like, hey, kid, try to keep up. All right. All right, so, so Scott Brooks out. Unbelievably, this this hurts, man, because Scott Brooks, It's the facts are the facts. Uh, they win 70% of their games uh, when Abaka, Westbrook, and Durant are all in the lineup. This year, they weren't in the lineup, and they lost their games. It's not, it's not rocket science here. And the thing about it, though, that's particularly vexing for me is that Scott Brooks, by all accounts, is Kevin Durant's dude. Mm-hmm. And if you're talking about Kevin Durant going into free agency in one year, it raises big, big questions as to, A, how serious they are about Kevin Durant staying on the team, and B, do they have someone in their back pocket who Kevin Durant likes even more than Scott Brooks, a.k.a. Kevin, Kevin Ollie. Ollie. Mm-hmm. And But if they don't have Ollie and, they don't, and they're left Scott Brooks, I mean, I think in D.C. we should already start planning our welcome home Kevin Durant parade. Thank you. You've had that for years already, though. I know. It's I, been in my closet. I, I, I think this is step one in the do anything we can to make Kevin Durant uh, happy, win some games, and keep him there in, in Oklahoma City. He, he said that he signed off on the decision. I don't know whether that happened or not, but I think you realize is that he needs to win a championship or there's no point in staying in Oklahoma City. Yeah, that's absolutely true. 30 seconds. You got 30 seconds. Oh, I got th- you wanna yeah. s- I'll say something no, else. You, go. you got 30 mm-hmm. seconds. All right, yeah. That All that being said about Scott Brooks' success and all that, I have found Scott Brooks to be an almost unimaginably, imaginably unimaginative coach. Right. Kenny, yeah. Kenny. And, and the yeah. idea of them getting in a coach who can actually work with spacing 
which would give Westbrook and Durant higher percentage shots from the outside, mm-hmm. I mean, that that would make them all the more powerful. I mean, imagine Steve Kerr coaching this team. Mm, right. Mm, mm. Okay, time up. Uh, ESPN suspended Brett McHenry for one week for an <clears throat> ugly encounter with a tow truck employee. I saw three stories of this, uh, Dave. This is why I'm bringing it up on the Washington Post online. And the comments, the number of comments on each article, numbered 1,024, 600, and 250. This was more than the Redskins schedule. So this is, this is a big thing. What say you? You've had some run-ins with, with uh, the four-letter station. What say you? And I've had um, some interactions with Britt McHenry. Um, mm-hmm. this, look, the number one thing about this story is one of the comments that a lot of people have had is – Aren't all ESPN hosts offensive? Like, why isn't Bayless getting suspended for what he says? Stephen A. for what he says? People have to understand the 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 difference with this story is about the direct class contempt mm-hmm. that Britt McHenry mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. focusing on the person in that booth. Mm-hmm. It's a class contempt. It's I'm one of the beautiful people. You are not. Therefore, I have the right to treat you like shit, and it is a absolute catastrophe of epic proportions that you get to have any sort of power over me by you having my truck back there, my car back there, whatever it is. And I believe it was like a, a truck, I think, it, but either way. And I think that the moment where Britt McHenry sealed her fate and the moment where it might even be possible that she won't be back there is the moment on the tape. Back, back to ESPN? Yes. Really? There's a chance she might not even be back mm-hmm. at all. Continue. And there was a, and, and if there is, you want to know what the, the critical moment was? It was the moment where she was told by yeah, the woman behind the booth yep. that she was on camera, and she looked up at the camera, yep. looked back at her, and then said worse things than she'd said before, yep. almost as if the presence of the camera made her act even more obnoxious, which made me think, Britt McHenry was thinking to herself, I'm on the side of righteousness right now. Mm. I am a class warrior mm. for the beautiful people who have to put up with the stupid people. And I think this is the sort of thing that, that will end up catching up with her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Go I, I, I think Britt McHenry is uh, guilty of saying things that a lot of people believe but don't say. Uh, I, th- <clears throat> I mean, uh, based on the initial suspension, she was suspended one-third as long as uh, Bill Simmons was for his uh, comments about Roger Goodell. I don't think that ESPN took this relatively seriously, and the only reason it's going to uh, possibly come to that is because of the public backlash to it. Mm-hmm. And I think that mm-hmm. the, the Everman, that that sort of thing, and when you're talking about class, that's absolutely what's, what it's coming down to as a bottom yeah, line. That's mm-hmm. the ESPN viewers who she's yelling at, basically. And just to say what, what you said, Mark, it's like, go. Oh, sorry. while yeah. I agree with you that most people are thinking very angry, ill thoughts when their cars get towed, <laughs> I certainly have as well. Mm-hmm. When you're talking about somebody's weight, when you're talking yes. about their life, Lack of teeth. When you're talking about their lack of education, she's not a good person. I, no, I, I do not believe, and maybe I'm being Pollyanna-ish, but I do not believe that's what most people are thinking when right. they're in a situation like that. They're hating the the company. They're hating themselves for making the mistake. Are they really hating the person who clearly is having a rough go of things? Who's working at a tow truck place? I think it takes a special kind of person to hate that person. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you, know, you know what? I, my, my my first thought was. All that glitters is not gold. I mean, she, outwardly she's beautiful, but she showed who she is inside. But anyway, let's move on. Um, My wife has an expression. She says, pretty is as pretty does. Watch out. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. You're losing Zyron Zingers here, so I'm going to give you a softball. Okay. Who is the NBA MVP, and should there be 
a second award for MOP, Most Outstanding Player. Uh, no, I don't like the splitting of the hairs. It's like when the WWE had two titles, the heavyweight title and the World Wrestling Entertainment title. It's stupid. There's only one title for who's the best. I'll keep this quick and throw it to, throw it to Mean Mark. To me, without question, the MVP this year is Seth Curry. Is Steph Curry, not Seth Curry. Is Steph Curry. And uh, the, the reasons why Steph Curry is, uh, is MVP is very, very simple to me. Without his ability to hit 27 footers from the point guard position, none of the spacing works on that team that allows them to do what they can do. And I think that fact alone, that he can pull that feet off and manage a team and play decent defense, improve a lot on his defense. I mean, he's, he's the pistol Pete of our times, and he is the MVP. I, uh, I think that he's the best player on the best team. Uh, I, I think that James Harden deserves this thing. Oh. I think that the the m- amount of points he's able to put up, what he's able to do for the team, taking the team completely on his shoulders without Dwight uh, Howard for good for long portions of the season, and playing defense when that, he was told that that was something that he could not do. I, I think that uh, the, the beard deserves it this year. I mean, Steph Curry's probably right there at number two. Hmm. Mm. Well, we got friction between you and your partner here. This yeah, is good I, to don't, see. I, I don't like this. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, DC well, DC says we're getting close here, so I want to I want to give you this one, Dave. And this is this one's I know we this is sports and politics, so I'm going to ask you this question. You can take it any way you want to. Uh, you stepped in with a brilliantly written piece entitled "Cornell West is not Mike Tyson" uh, regarding the now ugly, sad, my word, and public feud between two very respected and dynamic, uh, outspoken black black leaders and speakers. Dr. West and Dr. Michael Eric Dyson. I'm just going to, you can take that in any kind of direction you want. You can go Star Trek on it and go any way you want to in the galaxy. Yeah, I'll be frank with you. I'm not, you. I'm not speaking about this on the radio, um, and I'll tell you why. Uh, I've been asked to do a bunch of radio interviews about the article I wrote. I don't want in any way, shape, or form it to be viewed that I'm milking this, you know, or getting any of my, my own publicity or whatever based on something that I, I do think is a damn shame. Um, mm-hmm. I think Cornell West it may be flawed, as we all are, but the man is a freedom fighter, and he has worked hard to put issues that are not in the national discourse in the national discourse. Issues of poverty, um, issues around Palestinian issues, um, issues around immigration. He has worked to make that part of the national discourse, and he, in, along the way he has said some pretty nasty things about Dr. Dyson, and Dr. Dyson responded instead of hitting him with a jab back by doing like a full-scale uppercut with a 10,000-word article in the New Republic. Um, I think the article was a mistake to write. Um, I think there could have been a much better way to handle it. I'm not against debate at all. Some people are like, oh, why is this even being out in the sunshine at all? Why is anybody even talking about this? Debate is good, but let's really have the debate then. The debate is this, that Michael Eric Dyson thinks that Barack Obama has done a good job as president of the United States. Cornell West believes that Mike, that Barack Obama has not done a good job as president of the United States. Let's have that debate. Let's have that debate. Let's really talk about this and let's see if there uh, let's see who argues themselves more. These are intelligent people like mm-hmm. like epically that doesn't mm-hmm. even do it justice. Mm-hmm. Epically intelligent people who could draw on history, politics, culture to make their case about whether or not Barack Obama deserves an enshrinement or whether or not Barack Obama should be, from the perspective of the black community, just a symbol of disappointment Mm -hmm. and, frankly, the limits of the electoral system. 
Let's have that debate. We're having a different discussion instead, and that's the part that's the tragedy. Dave, we're up against a break. As usual, you win. You're the best. (laughs) And we'll be back to wrap up the show. One, one, two. Don't move. Dave Zirin will be right back with more Edge of Sports Radio. Edge of Sports Radio returns. Here's Dave Zirin. Boom, we're back here on Edge of Sports Radio, wrapping up the show with the one Zyron Zinger, which I really thought was much more of a Barry Bash, which means a question for Mark Barry. <laughs> I have my own, I have my own segment now. Yeah, Barry Bash. Come right. on. Greg Hardy, 10-game suspension, your buddy, Roger Goodell. What Man. say you, Mr. Mark? Man, all, th- th- this, is, this is classic overcorrection on behalf of Roger Goodell, on behalf of the NFL. They've gone through all of this. They did the, the Ray Rice... <clears throat> The Ray Rice undercorrection, then they overcorrect with the lifetime ban, <laughs> and then they undercorrect again. They go through, they put together this this blue ribbon panel of law enforcement officials to to deal with these domestic violence, and then just to show that they're on the right side of history again, they come in with this ten game ban of uh, Greg Hardy. <clears throat> uh, I was watching Mike and Mike this morning. You mm-hmm. and I were both talking yep. about this, yep. and it's exactly what this dystopian future of what we thought it was going to be in terms of the NFL going in, seeing how bad people were hit, and we're going to use that to determine and how people are being suspended. The initial suspension for the domestic violence is six games, but because Hardy's was so outlandish because there was not just one injury but three or four things and it adds itself uh, itself up and it's an additional four games on that, I think it's ridiculous. The only way you, you have a, a policy like this is if it's collectively negotiated between the players and the NFL so D. Smith and Roger Goodell can stand out there together and say that we think that this is a fair and just situation and we don't have that and we're not going to have that because of Roger Goodell. Mm. Wow. Yeah, I, I don't know how – I think that's unassailable. How do you disagree with that? Mm-hmm. I mean it goes back to what we were saying before, which is apparently the suspension was so big because the NFL was able to legally get a hold of the photos. Yeah. They were able to – and so that first of all, there's something about that that makes me uncomfortable, like the idea of a private corporation being able to get access to these records for the purposes of deciding a punishment. And it also it's like gets back to what we said the other week. Why do you even need to see the photos? Yep. Mm-hmm. That's very, mm-hmm. very mm-hmm. creepy. Well, they found the photos, but they couldn't find the tape. Yeah, exactly. They came to their own office. Please, it was all about uh-huh. what you want to find and what you don't want to find. <laughs> That's right. It's as simple as that. But, but, but Look, again, one <laughs> NFL GM the other day said that we would hire Hannibal Lecter if he could run a 4 Right, I heard that. And, you know, that's what we're at. And speaking of which, we'll talk about Jameis Winston next week. Mm-hmm. I, that wasn't a direct connection. I'm just saying. I'm not saying he's Hannibal Lecter. But we'll talk Winston. We'll talk Pacquiao. We'll talk Mayweather. We are out of here. Peace. Edge of Sports Radio, where sports and politics collide. Tune in next week and go to edgeofsports.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. 
Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com.